in Acts chapter 6. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia. These men began to argue with Stephen. To this he replied, Brothers and fathers, listen to me. You stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you're just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your father did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You who have received the law that was put into effect through angels, but have not obeyed it. When they heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up at heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this they covered their ears, and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold the sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Ends our reading. Good morning, everyone. In 2014, a major company posted a job site. Uh, Three million people looked at this job. Uh, In the end, though, only 20 people were interviewed, and they were interviewed uh, uh, on a webcam. Just at the beginning of the the webcam interview, it was described, uh, the the position, uh, in this way. 135 hours per week with no breaks. Preferred degrees in medicine, finance, culinary arts. Okay, uh, no vacation time. In fact, increased work during the holidays. And for all this, there's no pay. 
The response of the applicants was, they used words like insane or inhumane. But then they were told that there were billions of people who already had this job. Happy Mother's Day, all of you mothers. <laughs> we thank God today on this Mother's Day for all of you, and today we're going to be talking about heroes of the faith. And certainly so many of, of our mothers uh, are heroes. I know mine is to me. She's the one who passed on the baton of faith, who taught us how to pray, who taught me how to trust God in, in the good times and in the challenging times. Uh, our mothers are the ones oftentimes who demonstrate what godly love is all about because mothers, they give and they give and they give and they often don't get a lot in return. That's the way God loves us, not expecting something in return. And so, happy Mother's Day. We are talking about heroes of the faith today because specifically we want to talk about a hero by the name of Stephen or Stephen. You can call him Steve, whatever you want to call him, okay? Uh, it's, the situation in the early church was this. Already in Acts chapter 6, the church had, had gotten big and uh, they took care of one another. And yet there was a group of people that were not being taken care of. These were the Hellenistic or the Greek-speaking widows. And so the disciples, the apostles all got together and they said, we've got to do something about this. If we're going to be the preachers and teachers, we've got to get other people to do that kind of work. And so they prayed and they were led to six people. And at the top of the list was a guy by the name of Stephen. Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit, it says. He was a righteous man. He was full of grace. And Stephen did amazing things, and as a result, the church continued to grow in, in, in his words and in his deeds. Well, you know what happens when the Holy Spirit uses someone like that? You know what happens when the Holy Spirit is live in a church like that? There's opposition. That's what Satan does. He loves to oppose God's people as they do God's work. And sure enough, they, these people opposed Stephen, and they made up all these false things about him and his teaching, so that finally they drug him to the Sanhedrin, which was like the Supreme Court, the same people who accused Jesus and tried him. Now he's in front of them. And even though it says he had a face like an angel, they made up, they trumped up all these charges, and finally at the beginning of chapter 7, they said, is this true? And that's when Stephen gives a 53-verse speech. You have to look at it in Acts chapter 7. And in this speech, he talks about our forefathers. He covers 2,000 years of Jewish history. But in the end, he turns on them and he says, But you, you uncircumcised of heart people, you betrayed the Son of God. You crucified Him. You murdered Him. And what do they do? They become enraged. They scream at him. They gnash their teeth and they drag Stephen out to the edge of town. They throw him off a cliff and then they kill him by throwing stones on top of him. And yet even as he is dying, Stephen gets a vision of Jesus standing in heaven with his arms open and he prays, Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he says, don't hold this sin against them. So from Stephen, we see what a real hero is how to live heroically, but also then how to die heroically. Just a, a few things I want to point out about the heroic faith of this fellow that we call Stephen. First of all, 
when it comes to his faith, it was something that was developed over time. Isn't that the way heroic faith happens? You don't just wake up and say, wow, I think I'm going to be a hero of the Christian faith. No, it happens as we fellowship with other believers like Stephen did, as we read God's Word, as we respond in prayer, as we learn what it means to be a witness in our lives and to live out our faith. That takes time, and it took time for Stephen. The second thing we notice about Stephen and his faith is that his faith was most likely developed in the quiet moments of life. Isn't that the way faith is developed for you? It's neat when we all get together and praise God, and faith is developed in our worship, but it's oftentimes in your own personal time with God when He speaks to you in His Word, and you talk to Him back in prayer. I like the words of Psalm 46, verse 10, where the Lord says, Be still and know that I am God. And when we are still, that's when God most effectively often speaks to us and strengthens us. A third thing about Stephen and his faith is that he answered the call to serve. You know, when, they, when the apostles came to him and said, Stephen, we think you'll be a good minister. We think you'll be able to help a lot of people. We think you'll be able to do amazing things. Stephen could have said, well, you know, I helped somebody out last month. I can't do it again. Or he could have said, I'm too busy. It's not the right time, the right season in my life for me to, to, to help people like that. Uh, I, and besides, the pay's not good enough, okay? For whatever reason, we have lots of excuses, don't we? But Stephen, he, he, he said yes. And his priorities then for his choices were, were centered and surrounded because of God's love in Jesus. That became, Jesus was the cornerstone of every decision that he make, that he made. And the other thing that we noticed about, about Stephen is his bold and courageous witness. When it came time for him to stand up to his faith in the face of opposition, he didn't shrink back. Even though he probably knew what the circumstances were going to be, he said, no, nothing's going to persuade me from abandoning my Savior. And with the, the strength and the courage and the boldness of the Holy Spirit who filled him, Stephen stepped out in faith. Stephen lived heroically. But he also died heroically. You know, the same men who sent Jesus to the cross could not contain their anger against Stephen, so they took him out of town and they killed him. Now, the usual me method for this is they would take a person to the edge of a precipice, of a cliff, there's plenty of them. If you've ever been to Jerusalem, it, it's so rocky. There are many cliffs, many cra craggles like that in the earth. And, and so they, they would bind him. They would tie up the, the one who was, was going to be killed. And the accusers, those who accused the man of doing that, they would be assigned to push him off the cliff. And as he fell down, if he died, good and well. If not, they had a ready supply of boulders, of big rocks, big stones, and they would take them and they would throw them down upon the person who, who had been convicted. That's what happened to Stephen. And yet in the midst of all of that, he sees a vision of Jesus standing in heaven with his arms open telling him, it's time to come home, son. 
And sure enough, he says, Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he prayed, don't hold this sin against him. What, what do we see about dying heroically here from Stephen? A couple of things. First of all, Stephen kept his focus on Jesus. And it was Jesus who gave him strength right to the end. Verse 55, it says, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And so he envisions then this welcome of Jesus in heaven. Jesus is standing at the right hand of God. Now, that's a little bit unusual because elsewhere in Scripture, Jesus sits at the right hand of God. In fact, the Apostles' Creed, we, we say that Jesus, he sits at the right hand of God. Here, Jesus is standing. And what's amazing, that's a, that's a pose, that's a position of receptance, that Jesus is eager to welcome home one of his own. Stephen dies heroically as he sees Jesus. Instead of being focused on the circumstances, instead of saying, this is not fair. I didn't do anything wrong. Instead of saying, why me? Instead of crying out in anger or get these people revenge or bitterness or anything else, Stephen focuses on Jesus. What an example for us in our lives as we go forward day after day. The second thing we see about Stephen dying heroically is that he demonstrates grace. Following the example of Jesus, in verse 59, while they're throwing these huge boulders down to hit him on the head, to kill him, Stephen falls down to his knees and he looks up and he says, Jesus, receive my spirit. And Jesus, do not hold this sin against them. Do these words sound familiar? On the cross, Jesus cried out, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And then he cries out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. As Jesus died with grace, so Stephen demonstrates undeserved love to these people. He follows a similar way of grace. A third thing about Stephen's death is that he experiences peace even in the midst of all of this violence. We are told that as these, these, these people of the Sanhedrin are yelling and screaming and gnashing their teeth at Stephen, that the Scripture says that he had the face of an angel. Now, show me a face of an angel, which I'm going to look at you. I'm not sure what that means. But what I think it means is that he was calm. He was collected. He was graceful. He was loving to the end. And most of all, he had peace about him, knowing that what lie before him would be death itself. And friends, as we approach the end of our lives, and we're always approaching that time, aren't we? We do so with peace. Contrast that look of an angel, that look of peace with his accusers, uh, the, the people of the Sanhedrin, and those who, who, who had that look of anger, uh, who were jealous, who were bitter. My prayer every day is, Lord, help me to age gracefully. I don't know about you. But don't let me have that look about myself, the look of an angel, the look of peace. And so here we have Stephen, the hero of faith. What, what does that mean for you? What, what, what can we gather about this story for us today on this beautiful Mother's Day? Well, it reminds us of a couple things. First of all, when it comes to God working on us to give us heroic faith, 
we need to be patient. Remember the words of, of Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. It says that he who began the good work in you will bring it to completion on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. That day is not here. You are not complete. God is still working on you. We can be patient then with God and His work in us to produce heroic faith, but if God is patient with me, guess what? He's also patient with you. And now we can be patient with one another because God is not finished with us. He continues to work that miracle of the new creation being produced in us. Secondly, we trust God to develop our faith in those quiet moments. But if you're going to have a quiet moment, you need to decide, you need to choose that, that God, you know, God chose you to be His own. You didn't make that choice. God made you His own. He redeemed you through the shed blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. And yet, as we live out our faith, as we work out our faith, we make choices every day. And I would just invite you to choose to spend time with God every day. And it's in those quiet moments that God will lift you up. I think of King David. Remember, David the shepherd boy who killed Goliath. When was his faith strengthened? It was in those quiet moments when he was watching his sheep out in the fields. You think of Saul, who became the Apostle Paul, who's there at this scene uh, taking care of the coats. He was probably one of the accusers, one of the instigators. And yet, for Paul, Saul to be the Apostle Paul, he spent three years in the Arabian desert with the Lord before he became an apostle. Spend some time with God if you want heroic faith. And by God's grace, then, God moves in us to make those kinds of choices that center around His priorities for our lives. Yes, He becomes the cornerstone of everything that we do and say. And by His grace, we make choices then to use the gifts that God gives us, not just for ourselves. We make choices that we're going to make a difference by God's grace in the lives of others, that we're going to be generous people of our time, our talents, our treasures. Speaking of making choices, Lisa Beamer in her book, Let's Roll, writes about an American hero, and that hero was her son, Todd Beamer. You may remember him. Todd was one of the people who attacked the terrorists on the faithful United Flight 93 that crashed over Pennsylvania on 9 That'll be 16 years this September. The plane went down, crashed, everyone was killed, but in doing so, we believe that many others were saved because the plane was headed back to a population center unknown on the East Coast. It could have been the White House or some other place like that. Well, in describing her husband, Lisa talks about the choices, the decisions that he made. When Todd was 24 years old, in his journal, he wrote this. He said, I'm going to be a strong Christian, and I'm going to be disciplined about it. Secondly, he said, I'm going to love, and I'm going to cherish my wife. And he said, I'm going to be a compassionate and respectful. I'm going to love my children. And lastly, he said, I'm going to be there for my friends when they need me. He had made those choices. He was a committed Christian. He taught Sunday school like many of you have. He was very active in his church, praise God. He was not a pastor. He was not called to be a pastor. He was a Stephen kind of guy, a lay person, but whom God used in, in a courageous and a powerful way. Let's go back to Stephen one more time. You know, the thing about Stephen is that he also died heroically. 
he realized that life on this earth is temporary. It's so true, isn't it? Life is so fragile. Our real citizenship, the Bible says, is not here on this earth. It's in heaven. And unless the Lord comes again, every single one of us are going to pass through that valley of the shadow of death. And so, like Stephen, because we have an attachment to Jesus Christ, who died but then rose again, so we have the promise that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And Stephen, he grabbed on to that truth, that promise. You and I both know that we are always one day closer to being welcomed like Stephen into the welcoming and open arms of Jesus in heaven. And because of that, it gives us confidence, doesn't it? Back to Todd Beamer. You know, when Todd found himself on a routine business flight that turned fatal, the last thing he did was that he called an operator on his phone. He, he could only get an operator. And he told this operator, he said, I don't think we're going to get out of this well. He says, but I'm going to go out with faith. And then he asked the, the operator to recite with him the Lord's Prayer. When they were finished, she heard him say his final words. Lord Jesus, help me out. Let's roll. And that's when we believe that Todd Beamer sacrificially ran down the aisle and attacked the armed terrorists. Yes, the plane crashed. Everyone was killed. But as a result of Todd's and others' heroic actions, many others were saved that day. Friends, we are inspired by people like Todd Beamer, like Stephen, our hero of faith today, who was so impacted by the resurrected Christ. We are so thankful for the mothers who have gone before us and passed that baton of faith onto you and me. But you know what? You're a hero too. God's not done with you, but He's building you to hero status. He made you just the way that you are. You are unique, different from any other person in the whole universe. He's redeemed you through the shed blood of His Son, Jesus Christ, and made you His own in holy baptism. He rose again from the dead so that you are assured one day of Him standing before you, just like He did Stephen, and welcoming you with open arms, saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and inherit the kingdom all prepared for you. So look around, look at the heroes in our group. Praise God, especially today for our mothers. Amen? Amen.